our region was extremely prepared in that we had gone through all those questions with everyone. But at the time that we did that, which was in January, and several schools had practiced already by then, but in January, we did it with all 31. And there was a third that were like, yes, we're going to use this for snow days and whatnot. And there was a third that said, oh, this is an interesting concept. We might maybe explore that. And there was a third that said, oh my gosh, we're never doing that. The board will not support that. It's never going to happen. And six weeks later, we're all doing it <laughs> with no thought. There was, it's just, we're doing it. So that was Melissa Emler, uh, director of innovation at the, um, Southwest Wisconsin Regional Service Center and uh, that little clip of course um, highlights the fact that um, uh, there's some great supports in the state of Wisconsin for internet broadband and uh, just supporting um, distance learning and uh, it's been nice to hear from people throughout the education sphere whether it being superintendents teachers principals and support people and people that work slightly outside of the public school system but certainly support directly and so melissa is indeed one of those people and how uh, valuable and how essential we see the service uh, of broadband and and high-speed internet is and you'll hear her share a little bit about that um, the ways in which they support schools in Wisconsin. And one other note, <laughs> I will say it was a pleasure to have somebody who's using a high quality microphone. I know Melissa has a podcast of her own and so she's uh, using great mic. And so the sound in this case is about the best that I've had in all the interviews. Uh, and so I know that will add to your enjoyment of my conversation with Melissa. Well, welcome to another episode of What's Happening uh, Education and COVID-19. And uh, I'm pleased to today to have Melissa Emler joining me and uh, Melissa wears a lot of different hats I think and I, uh, I'd love her to just introduce herself and just share a little bit about herself and where she is and, and what those hats might be. Thanks for having me Dean this is super exciting. I do wear a lot of hats. I um, live in southwest Wisconsin in a very rural area and my primary job is I work at a regional service agency as the director of innovation. And so I'm very um, busy with that work. We support 31 schools, about 20,000 students, and about 2,500 teachers. Also in that role, I serve as the statewide, um, I have two roles at a statewide level. I am the Universal Design for Learning statewide systems coach. And um, I also work on like the statewide technology coordinator work. We, we, so it's other people like me, we have 12 service agencies in our state. And so it's all the other people like me get together quite a bit right now. And then I also am the, I also run Modern Learners, which is a very interesting vantage point that I bring to the work in our statewide, in the statewide work and also in the agency that I serve locally. So it's wild times. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the first uh, role and in, in the service in the regional service center. What is occupying uh, most of your time right now? Yeah. So I would say it's the emergency response piece. Um, so you know, for years I've been one of those tech integrators and um, bringing people along um, at a very painstakingly slow pace for what seemed like forever. And then one day everybody just needed me. 
Um, and not because they chose to need me, but because they needed me to help them level up really fast. So we've done a lot of emergency response support kind of work in terms of we did lots of trainings on Zoom and Google Meets, and we also use BlueJeans. So we had to train on the back end of those um, settings and make sure, you know, we we're thinking about all of those things as teachers began to use those tools on a regular daily basis. And we, we actually have Schoology across the region. And that was a decision we made about three years ago as part of our distance learning network um, that we thought we would be more effective um, in sharing regional resources if we were all in the same learning management system across the region. And people's level of adoption of that learning management system is certainly varied, but having a single system um, really proved to be amazing, um, amazingly helpful for our region. That doesn't mean that we um, don't still have people just because of the learning curve using like Google Classroom or at the elementary level, we're seeing schools use C-SAW. So um, we're supporting that work as well. So lots of that emergency stuff. The, the interesting thing about our region and this, the work in Wisconsin in general is that the, the statewide technology group that I'm a part of, we actually created a virtual learning plan systemic implementation support system um, a year ago right now. And so we had been training people and pulling them through um, the, the questions that they would have to think about if they would do um, virtual learning for um, weather events or natural disasters or whatnot. So we were, our region was extremely prepared in that we had gone through all those questions with everyone. But at the time that we did that, which was in January, and several schools had practiced already by then, but in January, we did it with all 31. And there was a third that were like, yes, we're going to use this for snow days and whatnot. And there was a third that said, oh, this is an interesting concept. We might maybe explore that. And there was a third that said, oh my gosh, we're never doing that. The board will not support that. It's never going to happen. And six weeks later, we're all doing it <laughs> with no thought. There was, it's just, we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's been interesting. Do you have any uh, just uh, statistics around uptake in, in, or traffic or anything like that that just points to, yeah, this is being utilized in, in ways that we did, couldn't imagine six weeks ago? Um, yeah, so one of our schools, um, we, I'm not sure, Trisha Lewis is on Twitter and she's very active in the educational technology community um, in the Twitter space, but she actually is a tech director at one of our schools and she shared some data with our superintendents in the region regarding the student usage of Schoology in their district. Their district has about 700 total students. And she said that there were at least 10 students on the platform every hour, every day for a week. Mm. And so that was really interesting um, that it was a, it literally was a 24 seven scenario. And she said, and there were at least 10 students registered on the platform every hour. So that's just, um, it's just really interesting. But in terms of our numbers all over the board are just way up in terms of um, utilization. And we're still 
can I say that they're using it perfectly or we're using all the bells and whistles? Absolutely not. I think we'll only get better. But getting people to the platform and streamlining that sense of communication has been pretty successful after the first week or two of double dosing on the communication between the learning management system and email until people felt more comfortable just communicating in the one spot. So it's going well. It's slow, but it's going well. So, and the one the question I'm always curious about is, and again, I know you're, this isn't necessarily exactly in your role, but I know you would, you would be much aware of uh, the messaging. So, so how do, uh, what have you, I guess, what have you appreciated? What have you seen in your region, in your area uh, that points to some form of leadership uh, really messaging this in, you know, in, in the right way that mm -hmm. empowers uh, and comforts teachers, parents, students. So just any, I, I'm just always curious. Yeah. About what you've heard so of. the message has been since the beginning, less is more in these moments. And um, that that's been across the board from administration uh, in across our region. Everybody believes that less is more, but what I'm seeing is even when we are doing less, our communication is more. And sometimes the communication is such that, that it's not the actual um, act of doing whatever is assigned or created, the opportunities that are created. It's really more a matter of um, the communication being more is sort of the pressure point because they're suddenly getting all of this communication about these opportunities that are fewer, but the communication is more, so it doesn't necessarily feel fewer, mm. feel less. And so, so yeah. we've really helped people think through that and really streamline communication to the best of their ability. Because the other thing we're seeing with communication is this dichotomy of um, the workday kind of doesn't have an end, right? So we're hearing from teachers and we're seeing on their faces in our Zoom meetings just the, the sheer exhaustion. And um, they're feeling like they work 24-7 because they work during a, the day planning, creating, communicating. But then what happens is their parents, the students, they get on at night and ask the questions. And so then teachers just feel like they're going to respond, right? So um, they feel like they need to respond sort of immediately. And so yeah, that's and been it, interesting. Yeah, and yeah, I hadn't thought about that before. I appreciate that that point because I think about, you know, myself as as having worked remotely now for years. And yeah, me too. So I, don't, I don't try to say I've figured it out or I have the – because every, everybody says, oh, you got to have a schedule. You got to do this. I don't know if there's any particular rules to it. But what I do believe is that for, for teachers who have spent their careers being defined by those bells and those times, and it wasn't, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. teachers worked into the evenings before. So that's, that's not a new thing. I don't mean to say that, but I think uh, I can understand how they might feel like this just never ends. Like, like, how do I do this? Because perhaps, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're a little bit more relaxed in the mornings, not quite as pressured or whatever, but it just seems to, so so there's a whole, I think, uh, shift and understanding around how to work remotely and how not to. And again, mm -hmm. you know, add it to this too. It's not, it's not a great, it's, it's an experiment and it's a yes. temporary thing because the level of panic and the level of, you know, it's not 
you know, you're dealing with trauma. So it's an emergency remote situation. It's an emergency remote. That's what I keep trying to explain it. It's hard to completely, um, you know, I feel, I feel very, um, you know, vulnerable, humble, I'm not sure what the word is, but, but I just try not to project any, well, here's how you should do it because number one, the situations are, are somewhat unique and different. And number two, um, you know, what works for me in a, you know, as a, as a lifestyle may not apply to these times. So you have to be, we have to be very careful net this to your point earlier about, you know, over messaging. And I, I feel like that's the part I'm struggling with because I feel like you can't over message, but I hear what you're saying is that even those best intentions of telling people it's okay, relax, relax. Hearing that too often can be. Yeah. And the ambiguity, the ambiguity in the message is that this is all new and different. Um, And, you know, just do what you can. And that's coming from the people, you know, who supervise you and evaluate you and whatnot. But your, your obligation to serve is to the families and you're going to respond to them when, when they need you and want you. And you're going to want to give them as much advice, like as much support as you can throughout. So you just, I'm seeing a lot of over communication and a lot of communicating in different channels. And I think it's about streamlining it. One, one success that a couple of schools have had is, um, you know, all communication for this grade level in terms of what needs to be done goes through this person. What I'm sort of anticipating being the fallout when we come back and start to phase back in is I I keep imagining like a help ticket type scenario where if parents have a question, it sort of gets submitted to like this team of people and they divvy it up to where it needs to go. But it sort of has a landing spot to then be um, answered by the most appropriate person. So the idea of like the central office of a building um, has sort of dissipated in this moment. And I think that there has to be a way to bring that back from a communication standpoint for the sanity of teachers and the the speed and responsiveness of districts to back to families. So I think that's just that thought process has been emerging in me as I listen to principals try to problem solve um, how they can use um, potentially teaching staff that the district has decided that the the work that they're working on is optional or we're going to prioritize reading and math. And so we have Fayette and health teachers and art and music who are students and a huge part of students' lives not necessarily having access, but really utilizing them in different ways to sort of support them in the off hours or in, you know, turning, varying the schedules that people use and then somehow getting kids to connect with everyone in a different way. And it's totally emerging, this thought process in me. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, because I, I always ask people about what they think, how they think this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from uh, what are the challenges still to come, and I, that's again one I hadn't, I haven't heard, but I think there's a valid, there's valid concerns around, around how that works, and and again we could make you know the list of we're going to be rethinking this, we're going to be talking about this, and this mm-hmm. like it, it continues to grow. 
and it's it's certainly we're going to rethink classroom instruction and and just we're just going to rethink instruction and that piece but i think what's interesting about this moment is we're rethinking every level of operations we're rethinking every level of how a school operates and functions. And we, in that rethinking and reimagining, cannot forget the practical piece of school, right? There, there is economic and societal needs that school fulfills. And as we rethink that, you know, we, we talked today in our statewide group about phasing in in the fall and this grade comes this day and that day. But the implications that that has on families that have children in multiple grades at multiple levels of schooling has significant impact. And we can't solve for um, the phasing in response to COVID without really thinking about family dynamics and what that might involve. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, the equity issue to me, on the one hand, uh, it's a, it's just exasperating. Wow, there's so much to this conversation. At the same time, it, it does make me feel like, you know, the like you said, the practical side of it. Like we've we've actually addressed, we do address a lot of those equity issues when we have kids in the same room. And again, sometimes we we maybe mask it. Sometimes it's not actually, it's a bit more of a band-aid just because they're sitting together. We think they're all equal. But, but I, I know that we talk about that a lot, but there is something valuable about the kid who gets to be just like everybody else for that part of the day, even though there may be a lot of things in that kid's life that is not, that is not right. And, and But now that we see them, what is it that we can do moving forward to say, is there something we can do to help these, these kids with, again, mm-hmm. whatever the breadth of this, this is? Yeah, well, and I think that potentially um, a learner's difficulties or um, a learner's variability, I guess, is the best way to say it in my universal design language. A, a learner's variability isn't as on display in a virtual situation as it might be in a classroom. And so I have heard from special education teachers that they're getting so much from that their one-on-one time that sometimes, you know, there's a lot of avoidance strategies that students use so that they don't have to go into the classroom where they get the special help and whatnot. So I'm hearing a lot of positive things about the interventions that are essentially being provided to um, learners for a variety of reasons. And I also have heard that there's some students who have so much less anxiety now um, that there is a contingency of people who are wondering how willingly some students will come back and how um, the transition back to school will be for them and what what the fallout might be. Mm. Well, um, I appreciate your time. I got one last question for you is, is, is what are you hoping? I mean, there's a lot of good that could come from this for sure. A lot of good. What's the one thing you say, gee, I really hope this is the thing that changes for the better, uh, in education. Mm-hmm. For me, it's putting the focus back on learning and I want that to sort of just permeate every discussion. Um, I want school to exist and be practical for families and serve families from that practical, economic, you know, societal impact way. 
but I want the work that teachers do in schools with kids to be focused on learning. And we have an opportunity with all of the red tape in this moment, essentially being removed connect that's connected currently to achievement tests and standardized scores and that piece. It Those kinds of things re, sort of shift the focus and shift the narrative to a conversation about achievement. And I really hope that this moment can support us in shifting the conversation and the narrative about school back to learning. Well, I think you're, you've got a lot of people joining you with that same, <laughs> that same desire. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful that that will, that that will help us. So thank you so much for your time and uh, your perspectives. And it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Have a great day.